The Leafs are in town for what is amazingly Toronto's only trip to Buffalo this season. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Sabres your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Our only game day show of the year, previewing a Toronto home game. I'm going to harp on that definitely a little bit throughout today's episode. You can count on that. At Sneaky Joe Sports, if you want to follow me on Twitter, if you want to follow the podcast account, at Locked on Sabres, and you can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube, just search Locked on Sabres, the easiest way to find our channel. If you want to get involved with the show, ask a question, make a comment, either one of our Twitter handles or on our YouTube channel uh, are the ways to do that. Um, uh, who do we want to go with on today's comment? Why don't we go with uh, Dawson, who says, why don't we go get Ivan Barbashev? We need grit on our third line. He fits the timeline of our current group. Barbashev is available for trade of the St. Louis Blues. He is a nice player, but two things on this front. One, I don't really think the Sabres need Ivan Barbashev. He's fine, but I don't really want a 27, soon to be 28-year-old, or I guess he's 27, not 28 for a while, guy that has scored over 30 points one time in his entire career, and I got to trade a first-round pick to get that. Because that's what the Blues asking price is. So not my favorite idea, but it would be interesting to say the least if the Sabres were to do that. Um, lots on the Sabres and Leafs matchup in today's show. But I do really want to focus on Toronto in particular uh, to kick things off today. A, sec- a six-year streak of losing in the first round of the postseason. We don't get, we really don't get enough opportunity to talk about the Leafs and the state of their franchise, the state of their worry now that Austin Matthews might leave. Yep. Fire that up because that's starting to happen a little bit in Toronto. So all that seems to be, all the pressure is cooking. And we, the weird thing is though, we've been in this same situation year after year, after year, after year, you could probably say for five years, I would say five years running now, It's been a talking point. Hey, the Leafs don't win in the playoffs. They've lost in the first round how many times here? I don't know when that started. Maybe was it Columbus when they they had that restart? Was it Montreal in the bubble? Um, There's a couple of different, uh, er, different series you could point to as the starting point. But here the Leafs are where they've always been. They are a great team. They are incredibly offensive. They got some concerns in that, although their goaltenders have actually been pretty strong this year with Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray leading the way. The blue line, kind of thin once you get past Morgan Riley and the top couple of guys, but the forwards are incredible. The forwards are incredible. They can outscore anybody. But can they win in the playoffs? Will their goaltending hold up? What will happen when they play a juggernaut in the first round, which because of the playoff format sucks to be Toronto. They're going to play a Tampa or a Boston almost every single year. And that's why it's even more frustrating, I'm sure, for Leafs fans that they didn't take advantage of Columbus and Montreal in those two series over the past couple of years. It's going to be Tampa. The road to the cup. Tampa, then probably Boston, and then probably Carolina. Good luck getting through that gauntlet if you're the Leafs. Good luck even getting past Tampa again. Last year that went seven games. was a tough series, but the Lightning got the better of them. It's the same situation. And I almost, can I even ask the question again? 
every year I've sat here and wondered what happens if they lose. Is the coach getting fired? Is the GM getting fired? Are players getting canned? And for the most part, there's been no major change in Toronto. Kyle Dubas has remained the general manager since Mike Babcock got fired. And some of that was off the ice stuff. Sheldon Keith has continued to be their head coach, their core group of players, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Riley held together. Not one big change. Willie Nylander, we thought would be scapegoated for years, never was. So where are they at? What makes them different than past teams? I don't really think a whole hell of a lot, but they did just make a big trade. Ryan O'Reilly is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Talked a little bit about this on my last show. I, I do like the trade in theory for the Maple Leafs. I'm just not quite sure whether or not O'Reilly is shot or not. He's got 20, 20 points on the season, eight assists for O'Reilly. I don't care if he's on a bad team or not. That is horrific production, but there are some advanced numbers that point to that's fluky, that he's a great wins above replacement player. Still, he is producing chances. He creates offense. He's incredible in his own end, and he is still valuable. So I do think my guess is he's not shot, but I don't know. Maybe he is. I mean, the numbers are jarring how low they are and how low they've been in St. Louis. Uh, I'll get to where he's skating. The Leafs are expecting big things out of him, if you can just read into where they're putting him on a line. But here's what Toronto did that I think makes that trade worth it for them. They spent a lot. On paper, they spent a lot. A first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, plus a couple other players uh, go back to um, St. Louis. Minnesota involved, too. The Leafs... To the Leafs, O'Reilly, I think, is worth that. Sabres or a team like the Sabres who have a lot of cap space, no. But we've seen a trend in the past couple of years. Tampa, I remember, is the first team that did this that I noticed it with Barclay Goodrow, a player that was nowhere near worth a first-round pick. But to Tampa, he was because Tampa had no cap space. And Barclay Goodrow made like a million and a half dollars. So points per dollar spent he actually fit exactly what they needed and was really the only addition they could get their hands on. And they made a trade like that. This is kind of what O'Reilly is a little bit. Is he worth a, a first, a second, and a third round pick with the season he's having? No, he's not, especially given that he's on an expiring contract. Ryan O'Reilly is a rental for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I do not imagine they're going to have the money to pay him. So this is this for this year, 32 years old. He's not worth a first, second, and third, but he is to Toronto because they managed to acquire him for $1.875 million. That's all they can afford in terms of an addition. And this is as good a player by far that I imagine that they're going to get for one for under $2 million a year uh, on a cap hit. So I do think the trade actually works for the Maple Leafs. What they expect him to do, that might be a different story. We can get to that a little bit later uh, when we go through the lineups. The other thing I want to tackle with this state of the Maple Leafs as they enter, they're, they're going to play Tampa. If you look at these standings, they are going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's the, the harsh reality of the current playoff system. They have 76 points. Tampa has 73 points. The next closest in the Atlantic below Tampa is 64 with Florida. They're not making up nine points on the Lightning. Boston is ahead of Toronto at 91 points, 15 points clear. Toronto and Tampa are not making up 15 points on the Boston Bruins. They're going to play each other. So that's big. What happens 
if the Leafs lose in the first round again, and then next year lose in the first round again. Where does Austin Matthews stand? And if you don't know, Austin Matthews, after next season, is an unrestricted free agent. He signed a five-year contract so that he could have this leverage. He could have this power that he's about to hit the open market. About to, you know, 20 months. No, that's not right. 16 months away from hitting the open market. And I was taken aback a little bit. I talked to Carlo Koliakovo, uh, who works in TSN, uh, hosting, uh, talking about the Leafs every day in Toronto on Toronto radio, former Maple Leafs defenseman, former Sabres defenseman. And I talked with him on WGR on, on Monday morning. And I asked him about Matthew's future, fully expecting the answer I was going to get back was, oh, no, don't worry about it. They're not worried about it. They can't sign until July 1st anyway, which, by the way, that is true. They can't officially sign an extension until July 1st. This will be fine. Things will get done. You know, if next season starts and nothing's done, maybe I'll start thinking about it. I'll start getting worried. But don't worry about it. That was not the tone that Koliakovo shared with us. Koliakovo said he didn't feel confident at this point that it will happen. I mean, that I was I was floored to hear that type of phrasing, that he doesn't feel confident it will happen at all. That's crazy. Now, a couple of things the Leafs might have going for them. They have time. They do have time on their hands. And they have the opportunity to win here. I mean, if they win in the playoffs, it's going to be hard for Matthews to turn his back on, on that team and that organization, I think. Uh, depends, I guess, how much winning they do. If they win one playoff series between the two seasons, he might walk away anyway. If they win the cup, he's not walking away. Well, what if they make the conference finals? That That's where I don't know what his motivation is. The other thing working in the Leafs' favor, players sometimes like to go home. The Leafs even were the benef- beneficiary of that. John Tavares once wanted to go home and went back to Toronto. Home for Matthews ain't going to work, I don't think. Home for Matthews is Arizona. Arizona's the worst team in hockey. Okay, not by standings, but by their roster build, they're the worst team in hockey. And it's the worst organization to play for. They play in a 5,000-seat arena. Come on, that's not happening, right? He's not going to the Coyotes. So take home off the table. And then, I guess, throw throw a dart. He could go anywhere. But I am especially after hearing Koliakovo on Monday, I am really thinking about what's on the line for the Maple Leafs now, almost similarly to what we used to do with Verichel, right? At some point, our frustration with the Sabres organization turned to desperation. We hate that they're not good. We're frustrated that they're not good. Okay, now we're desperate to get good because that guy's going to be as frustrated as we are. He's going to want to leave. We did that for two years, but building up to an Eichel trade. When are we going to have to think about this? And when are we going to have to worry about this? In a different way, because it's playoff success versus regular season success, I bet you that's what Maple Leafs fans are about to, they're going to have to start asking themselves that question. When do we have to start worrying about Matthews leaving? Do we have to win a playoff series for him to not go? That's very realistic. If I'm Matthews, the same way I used to put myself in Eichel shoes, I'm Jack Eichel. And I listen, I'm an anti-Eichel guy now. I love rooting against him, and I hated the way he handled uh, his post-Buffalo uh, career here with, with the Sabres fan base. 
But the thing I used to argue, the, the, the thing I used to do to argue on behalf of Eichel in the past was, let me place myself in Jack Eichel's shoes. Let me place myself in Austin Matthews' shoes. So for Eichel, it was, I'm from Boston, great player, great prospect. The guy I was drafted right after and compared to, best player in the world. He's made the conference finals. He's made the playoffs. I haven't even come close to the playoffs. This sucks. And now I'm 26 years old and my franchise wants to go through a rebuild. I have confidence in you to rebuild. I might, what happens after four years and we're still not rebuilt where we're, you, you failed again. And now I'm 30 years old and my career is almost over. So when I put myself in Eichel's shoes, I got it. Matthews, do you get it? Is there, is it the same logic that applies? Put yourself in Austin Matthews shoes. Okay. Same thing as Eichel. Great. Tons of hype. Great player. He's even better. Matthew's better than Eichel. I'm one of the best players in the world. I'm a leader on this team. Biggest brand in hockey. The Toronto Maple Leafs. And I've been here now for seven years. Right? It's it's been that long. Let me double check that. That That's right. That Austin Matthews has been there seven years. I think he's been on the team every year they've made the playoffs. Yeah, this is his seventh year. I've been on this team for seven years. Every last season has ended the exact same way every year we make it our regular seasons are terrific and then we lose in the first round and then we do it again what happens it's a six right now right he's lost six straight first round series what happens if that number is eight after next season his ufa offseason what happens if that number is eight how can that guy really how can he stay I I would not stay. I mean, you got to show me something different or they would at least have to put a plan in front of me that says, this is how we're going to do it. We are going to shake things up because if they don't do that, if they don't win or they don't prove to him that they're willing to shake things up, how do you expect the guy to stay when you're, you have the same result that many years in a row, but we'll see. I don't know where it's going to go, but I just want to throw it out there that this is maybe a storyline that will grow in the off season more so than I think right now, because you know, the, 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 the lightning series will tell us a lot about how much we have to, to talk about this. All right. We'll take a timeout here. We'll preview Sabres and Leafs, what the lineups look like, where Ryan O'Reilly is playing in the Leafs lineup is a little interesting. And we'll get some betting stuff uh, at the end, not just Sabres and Leafs. There are new team total prop bets that kind of put the playoff race into perspective. So we'll do that when we return on the lockdown Sabres podcast, we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. When we do our betting preview of Buffalo and Toronto, we'll get all our odds from FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's past the all-star break in the NHL, and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't apply. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. It's super easy to use. You can bet on everything, the money line, point scores, threes drained. I'm going to have an anytime goal scorer prop uh, for my Buffalo-Toronto betting preview a little bit later on. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance and a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter at Locked On Sabres. Okay, what do the lineups look like for Sabres and Leafs on Tuesday night? Well, if you're wondering about Toronto's lineup, 
Ryan O'Reilly is a new addition. He's played two games. It's being traded late last week. And they are asking a lot of him right away. They are planning on him being a main contributor in the top six. In fact, O'Reilly is playing on their second line, or at least I'll call it their second line by ice time, with John Tavares and Mitch Marner. So O'Reilly and Tavares are kind of splitting, watching a little of their game uh, against Chicago. They're splitting the centerman duties. They're going back and forth from wing to center, who takes face-offs, who's in the defensive zone as the as the center. O'Reilly seems to be doing it a little bit more than Tavares, to my eyes. And then they're playing with Mitch Marner. So O'Reilly, Tavares, and Marner is a new line in Toronto. Matthews, Bunting, and Nylander, and that's an, as good a top six as there is. One of the best, uh, at least, in hockey. David Kampf, Cal Yarncroft, Pierre Engvall, Zach Aston-Reese, Nola Chari, who they also got in the O'Reilly trade, Alex Kerfoot. The bottom six leaves a little bit to be desired, but it's okay. The blue line, to me, is where I've never liked the Leafs. They just have never made the proper investment. They should have really gone all out for Chikrin. I don't know if they had the assets to do it. They could have got him at $2.3 million. Um, Morgan Riley, he's a stud. Past that, a bunch of okay defensemen, nothing great. Justin Hall, Mark Giordano, an aged Mark Giordano, Timothy Lilligren, TJ Brody, Connor Timmons. That's the Leafs' blue line. Nothing crazy, nothing super talented. Um, Ilya Samsonov, probably going to be the starting goaltender, and that would be my guess against the Sabres. Joseph Wall is the backup as uh, Matt Murray is uh, on IR at the moment. Sabres lineup. Probably going to look the same. I've not seen Tuesday morning's skate yet, but Monday morning's skate would tell us that the lines are going to remain the same. Granado is not yet going back to his usual rotation. So we have Thompson, Skinner, Tuck, Cousins, Olofsson, Paterka, Krabs, Middlestad, Quinn, and then Jost, Gergensens, and Okposo. Dahlin remains with Yoki Haru. Power remains with Samuelson and Kel Clegg with Ilya Labushkin. Clegg did limp off the ice with what looked like a knee injury at Monday's practice, so we'll see if Clegg uh, stays in the lineup. Um, I, I might want to guess he does, but pure guess. We'll see. All right, time out here when we come back. A betting preview of Sabres and Leafs. And then I've got team total bets. So point totals for the season by the end of the season over-unders, and where the Sabres rank, it kind of puts the e- how close the East playoff race is into perspective. So stay tuned for that here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 25 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, super probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. You can do it in one of two ways. Little scoop right in your water, shake it up, tastes great, gives you all those vitamins and minerals, or you can just do the little droplets right in your water or coffee, and those you won't even notice that it's there. Uh, It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It is the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And it's cheap, less than $3 a day, cheaper than your cold brew habit. Um, In fact, the Athletic Greens creator uh, started it when he experienced a ton of gut health issues. He ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, and it was costing him over $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens uh, to make it uh, more easily affordable. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, one scoop 
in water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And for on-the-go, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment here on the Locked On Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase. All right, betting preview for Sabres and Leafs Tuesday night. Should have said this before, by the way. 7.30 puck drop, ESPN Plus, and Hulu only. Um, We'll see what we get in terms of atmosphere, too. I wonder how many Leafs fans are going to be in the building. No way of knowing, because this is the only game of the year Toronto's here. Horrible. Horrible job. The NHL, who's been so obsessed with creating rivalries. It's why we have this playoff format, right? Don't they argue this playoff format creates rivalries because you always have the same teams playing each other, two and three in the division. That same league that wants to create rivalries, it used to have Wednesday night rivalry, have division teams like this visiting your building one time. Sabres and Leafs is a draw every year. It is one of the marquee games, or plural, on the Sabres schedule. And yeah, you'd like the Sabres to maybe fill up the building more with their own fans, but I've always defended liking Leafs fans in the building. It creates a very unique atmosphere. Um, I don't need it to be 50-50. I want it to be, you know, probably like 80-20 in favor of Sabre fans. But I I can go for the Leafs sprinkle of fans in there, even if it's really loud, because it does generate a buzz. It creates an atmosphere um, that is super exciting. It makes the game a, a unicorn as compared to the other games. One time. One time. 41 home games. One for Toronto. The Kraken visit the Sabres as much as the Sab- as the Leafs. The Coyotes visited the Sabres as much as the Leafs. It's an embarrassment by the league. Absolute embarrassment. The good news is there are some winds blowing towards they're going to change that. Uh, there was a report a couple of months ago that they're looking into changing the schedule. We'll see when they go to owners' meetings. Um, I think they have another owners' meeting coming up maybe in March. But – We'll see what they do. They got to change it though. They've got to get the Leafs on the schedule eight times. Wasn't that? I think when I was growing up, 0506, 06-07, it was eight matchups against your division rivals. Four there and four here. That's that's what it should be. That's what it should be. Go back to that eight. All right, betting preview before we run out of time here on the show, and we'll look at all the odds at FanDuel. Uh, I'm on a bit of a cold. We're gonna we're gonna change our luck in this. Game. All right, Sabers are an underdog in this game. Uh, plus one thirty six on the money line. That is going to be my first bet of the night. My first sneaky good bet of the night. Sabers plus one thirty six on the money line. A lot of the money is coming in on Toronto. The Sabers are actually better than you think at home. Their record is not good at home. All of their other numbers look good. Their shot attempts look good. Their expected goals for looks good. They do generate most of the play in and the opponent's end. So I think the Sabres record at home is a little fluky. And I think they are very capable of beating this Toronto team. They play the right style to beat the Leafs. They love playing up and down the ice. Fire, meet, meet, Let's match fire with fire. Um, I think the Sabres are perfectly capable of winning this game against the Maple Leafs. I'm going to bet them at plus 136 and get them as a home underdog. Under seven goals is my second bet of the night at minus 142. It's a big total. All the money is in on the over. I am going with the under on seven goals in part because I love bets when you don't expect it. 
does do you want to bet the over right everyone wants to bet the over i'm going back to the under although the under has not been working for me the last couple weeks so i'm very very close to calling it quits on that and then my third bet of the night Tage Thompson, anytime goal scorer, plus 103. I thought he was the best player in the ice the other night in San Jose. Almost scored two or three goals. He was that close. I think he'll pot one in the back of the net uh, against Toronto. We'll see if he can do what Jack Eichel used to do against the Leafs. Jack Eichel, when he was the Sabres' best player, he would always, always arise to the moment when they played Toronto. Always. He would play great against the Leafs. He lived for it. He wanted to tell those Leafs fans to sit down. And I would love to see that same energy from Tage Thompson in this game. Just dominate the Leafs, get that, kick them back up to, to, to Toronto, get them out of our building. That, that's the attitude I think you want to see from Tage in this one. All right, enjoy Sabres and Leafs. 7.30 puck drop, ESPN Plus and Hulu. And we will talk to you after it is over here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you tomorrow.